Hello, everyone. Oh my, it's so nice to be here at my home campus preaching the Sunday message.、Uh, for those of you who are joining us for the first time, my name is Lisa Kim. I serve as the missions director of New Philly, and I was actually part of the Etuan Church Plant team as well. So it's a very significant event for me personally to be able to preach here at my home campus、uh, to you all. And as Susie Beck had sort of introduced in her prayer,、uh, the month of June at New Philly has been Women's Ministry Month. So throughout the entirety of this month,、uh, New Philadelphia Church, we've been really activating and、uh, empowering the ladies of the house, the ladies of the church, to rise up as Praise leaders, as preachers, as prayer leaders. So on that note, it's my honor and privilege to be able to deliver the last message of Women's Ministry Month here at Itaewon. Thank you. <laughs> And、um, two Sundays ago, actually, I had been preaching at the Hillside campus. So Hillside is the first campus of New Philly. And I guess the family here at Itaewon, you were able to tune in via the video broadcast. But it's so funny because I had a, I had a really fun time preaching at Hillside. It was, I had, I felt myself. I felt natural. It was really good. The ministry time was good, but it was funny because after my time preaching at Hillside, I had to come to Itaewon to take care of some things. And it was only once I walked through the doors of the sanctuary, and it was only once I got hugs from the brothers and sisters here at Itaewon, and it's only once I heard the testimonies of how my word had blessed them. It was only at that point that my heart felt complete. You know, so I'm so I'm really glad to be here today at Itaewon. Okay, so um, and I'm particularly looking forward to preaching the message that God has given me because it's a message that He has given me specifically for this campus, very specifically for the New Philly Itaewon campus, and um, and let me just tell you that I have a great love for New Philadelphia Itaewon. I have a great love for this campus. And I feel my voice shaking, but I promise I'm not going to cry. <laughs>、um, as, I, as I shared, I was a part of the New Philly Itaewon Church Plant team. So back in 2010, four years ago, four years ago, myself and nine other people, we were sent here to Itaewon from the first campus to basically establish a church here in the neighborhood. And starting in January of 2010,、uh, we would meet on a weekly basis. So、every week we'd meet here in Itaewon. We actually met at Pastor Marcus's apartment. He was rooming with a Pastor John, who's our worship pastor. We met、uh, every week, and we would pray together. We would fast together.、Uh, we'd listen to various like, strategic teachings and podcasts, and we got trained up. And we'd share just the crazy things that we wanted to see happen、uh, through the church plant. Because at that point we didn't have a building. We weren't meeting at a building. We didn't have a congregation. But just in pure faith, we are sharing with each other like the crazy things that we wanted God to do through New Philly Itaewon. And、uh, during this time of like preparation for the church plant, the church plant team was split up into pairs, and these pairs we had to go all around Itaewon just evangelizing week by week, week by week. We just do prayer walks. And then we just seek to be a blessing to people. If like an old lady needed help with her bags, we were just the first people to help her with her bags. If somebody was lost, we try to give them directions. Or if the if the opportunity presented itself, like while we were just hanging out maybe by the subway station, we strike up a conversation with a stranger. And if if we felt God impress on our heart that we should bless them in prayer, we ask them if you know, can we pray for you? Can we pray a blessing for you? And we just release you know the atmosphere of heaven in that way. 
And I guess through that process, like through the Itaewon church plant, like preparation process, through the evangelism, God really gave me a really big heart for New Philly Itaewon and a big heart for Itaewon specifically. Like this part of Seoul, God gave me a very, very big heart for. And now I actually live in Itaewon. I live literally like a stone's throw from this campus. And uh, whenever, yes, a stone's throw, I said that. So, and then... Uh, <laughs> Pardon me and my hidden nerd ways, but you know, I know you love me. So, um, and it's cool because whenever my friends want to meet up during the week, they go, oh, should we meet in Hongdae? Should we meet in Gangnam? I say, no, let's, let's head on Itaewon. It's so sensual. You know, it's hip. It's happening. And it's like, I mean, it's, it's, it's easy for me because I could just walk up to the, the main road of Itaewon, but I, I really do love this area. And there are times when after eating a very satisfying, relatively authentic foreign meal, you know, I'll be walking through the streets with my friends, and I'd look up at the buildings, and I'd feel the warm summer breeze on my face, and I'd go, man, I love Itaewon. Like, I'm so blessed to live here, and I'm so blessed to go to church here. And Itaewon is so, it's like the heart of Seoul, you know? So there are times when, like, I guess the love of God for this area really overcomes my heart in that way. And the reason why I share all of this with you today is that, um, through the message that the Lord has given me to deliver and through the message that God has uh, given me to just release to this congregation, uh, my prayer is that you will be able to catch God's heart for Itaewon. And not just to catch God's heart, not just to love this area, but know what it means to own this area and to really take responsibility for this area. Okay, so uh, who knows here that there is a pretty marked difference between Loving a place and having ownership over a place. So what I said in the beginning, oh, I love Itaewon, all the foreign food, all the buildings, the diversity. I'm from New York. It reminds me of New York. Oh, I love Itaewon. I could say that until, like, the cows come home. And that's great. You know, I have God's heart for Itaewon. But there's a difference between, for example, saying, oh, I love babies, you know. I love babies. They're so cute and cuddly. There's a difference between loving babies verbally and actually raising that baby on a day-to-day basis. Right? Feeding them. Napping them changing their diaper, disciplining them, you know, all those things. There's a difference between loving and owning. And um, it's the same, I guess the same, like, duality applies for a geographical area as well. So whether it be your home or your workplace, or in our case today for Itaewon, we can love Itaewon. I'm sure many of us in here, we love Itaewon. But what does it mean to take ownership of Itaewon, Right? What does it mean to be responsible for Itaewon? What does it mean to take dominion and to take our place of authority just as Christ has commanded us to do so? So, um, like I said, I pray that at the end of the message that God will really stir in your heart to take ownership of this campus. Whether it's your first day or whether you've been here from the very beginning, I pray that God will powerfully stir up in your heart to take ownership of this campus and to take ownership of the part of soul to which the Lord has called you. So if you're taking notes, the title of the sermon is called, I Own This Place. I Own This Place. I Own This Place. Now, why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, I Own This Place. I Own This Campus. I Own Itaewon. I Own This Place. So that's the title of this message. And through this message, I'm going to be preaching about the authority that God has given us to be fruitful and to multiply and to establish God's kingdom where we are. 
So in this sermon, I'll be focusing specifically on owning Itaewon. But, you know, as we are new fully Itaewon here in this place, but for those of you who are guests, or for those of you who are listening via podcast, or for those of you who are here for only a few more weeks, uh, know that the points of this message can be applied to wherever the Lord has sent you. Okay, so just understand that duality. Okay, so now let's get to this. Let me give you a little bit of context regarding the title of my message. So when I think of the phrase, like, I own this place, I own this place, uh, I don't know why, but I imagine, like, this huge mansion, this huge mansion, and then the owner of the home, this, like, rich, wealthy man, just strutting around. I own this place. This is my place. I own this home. Like, this place belongs to me. And there's, like, a sense of pride in a good way, a sense of pride and relishing in being able to own something so grand and something so big and something so extravagant. And I think that this is the sort of image that we can apply to Itaewon as well. Okay? So when we strut around Itaewon, you know, you can strut if you want, or when you walk around Itaewon, when you take the bus to Itaewon Station, or, you know, when you're taking your post-meal stroll around this area, when you when you go around Itaewon, it's not because of necessarily, like, real estate ownership, that real estate acquisition that we can declare ownership. You know, for that example with the man in the house, he bought that house, right? He owns that real estate, so he says, I own this place. But for us, it's not because we own a building in Itaewon. It's not because we own all this, like, real estate property or buildings in Itaewon. But it's because God himself gives us the authority, and that's where we're able to say, I own this place in the Lord, right? The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. I'm a child of God. I'm his daughter. I'm his son. So therefore, by extension, I own Itaewon. Itaewon belongs to God, and by extension, Itaewon belongs to me. Okay? So I want you to please turn to your neighbor at this time and declare to your neighbor, God gave me authority. He gave me authority. He got... (laughs) Very, very good. So this sort of brings us to point one, if you're taking notes, right? Title, I own this place. Point one is, I own Itaewon because God gives me authority. Just write that down. I own Itaewon because God himself, he gave me authority over this place. Now something to remember about God is that he is the Genesis 1 creator God. So if you have your Bibles with you, I'd like everyone to please open up to Genesis 1. It's very easy to find. It's in the very beginning of your Bible. And I'll just be sort of like extracting various verses from Genesis chapter 1. But if you look through Genesis 1, you see that our God is a God of creation. Our God is a God of creation. He is all-powerful. God is sovereign. He is everywhere. And the very first verse of our Bible states, in the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. So I want you to understand the significance of that verse. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And even you can just take a moment, look around you, look outside, look at Itamon, look at the sanctuary, and realize that everything that you see, even out on the street, is these buildings, these roads, are were established upon the ground. And this ground, and even the heavens, the sky that you see, This was all created by the Lord, by his very word. And this is something that I actively remind myself from time to time uh, when I'm praying for something that seems pretty impossible or or when I'm just really having a bad day 
or when I get to those moments when I sort of maybe question the power of God in my life, then I take a moment and then I remind myself that my God, my Father in heaven, he's the Genesis 1 creator God. Our God in heaven, he's the Genesis 1 creator God. So that means that he, where there was nothing, he created something. Right? He created something out of nothing. And then in Genesis 1-3, God says, let there be light, so therefore there is light. Right? A little while later, he says, let there be sky and ocean, and it is so. So simply through God's words, he just says it. He desires it, he speaks it out, and poof, it happens. That's the authority that God has. And that God, the God of great authority, this Genesis 1 creator God, who created everything around me, who gave life and breath to everyone who surrounds me, this God, he is my Father in heaven. He has all authority. He has all authority, therefore I have authority in him. Amen? Amen. Okay, so in even more references, we're talking about Genesis 1, God has authority, he's the Genesis 1 creator God. But even if you look in the Psalms, we have deeper understanding of how God has authority and how he gives this authority to man. Okay, so in Psalm 115, it says, The highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to man. Okay, the earth, authority in the earth, he has given to us. Right? Authority in the earth, he has given to us here as his sons, as his daughters. And another psalm that really drives this point home is my favorite, it's one of my favorite psalms, it's Psalm chapter 8. And I'll just read it out to you. But before I read it out to you, can I ask that maybe the AC on this side be turned on? It's getting a little bit warm up in here. Maybe it's because I'm so excited about this message. Anyways, okay, so I'm going to read out to you from Psalm chapter 8. And I want you to just receive these words. It says, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes is still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion. Right? You have given him dominion Over the works of your hands, you have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen and all the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, O Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Okay, so if you look in Genesis 1, if you look in Psalm 115, if you look in Psalm 8, it's very clear. God has authority. He has power. Genesis 1, creator God. But then the authority, he doesn't hoard to himself. He gives it to us. You, my son, my daughter, I'm giving you this authority. You are to reign on this earth. I'm in heaven, but you reign on this earth. The earth I give to you. Okay? And that's why in Psalm 8, uh, King David, he's saying, Who am I, God? Who am I that you give me all this authority? Who am I that you are mindful of me? Who am, who am I that you care for me? But who cares? We, we, don't, we don't need to understand God's logic. All we need to know is that God did it. Right? We may not deserve it. We may not be, we may not be equipped adequately in our own minds, but it doesn't matter. Right? This is God's plan. Right? God, Genesis 1 creator God, the God of authority, He gives us the authority. Okay, so point one. We own Itaewon. You can say, I own Itaewon because God gives me authority. That's just like general, like truth right there. Just doctrinal truth. God gives me authority. I own Itaewon because God gives me authority. And now we're going to go to point two. I own Itaewon because I'll be fruitful and multiply. 
Okay, I own Itaewon because I'll be fruitful and multiply. So if you read out of Psalm chapter 1, verses uh, 27 to 28, this is where, you know, the latter part of the, wait, hold on. Did I say Psalm or Genesis? Psalm, my bad. When you read out of Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 to 28, uh, we have a deeper understanding of the mission that the Lord has given us. Okay? And here, if you look at Psalm chapter 1, verse 27 to 28, is everyone opened up to that in your Bible right now? When you open it up? I'd like us to read it out together. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 to 28. Do you know what happened? On my notes, I wrote Psalm, even though I'm at Genesis. Every time I read from the script, I'm saying Psalm. Anyways, Genesis. Open up to Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, 28. On the count of three, let's read it out together. One, two, three. Very good. The Genesis 1 creator God, he has created us. Okay. He, so here we're talking about Adam and Eve, but by extension is talking about us as well. God has created us and he blesses us. If you look at it carefully, he creates us. Part one. Part two, he blesses us. And then part three, he gives us a mission to be fruitful and to multiply. So in a literal sense, or the way that most Christians seem to use this verse, like be fruitful and multiply, they think, oh, God's telling Adam and Eve to like, go have a lot of babies, right? Go and be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. And I remember even like recently, I was at the wedding of a good friend of mine from church. And as my friend and the bride were driving away in the car, all of our church brothers like, be fruitful and multiply, like have fun, you know, because it's like they're... First night together. Anyway, so this is something that a lot of Christians talk about. It's something that a lot of Christians talk about. When God says be fruitful and multiply, all that means have lots of babies. Have lots of Christian babies and make the world more Christian. Maybe. Right? A very like elementary interpretation of that verse. But <laughs> I want to prevent I want to present to you maybe an alternative uh, interpretation of this. So in Genesis 1, God is talking about Adam and Eve, you know. I created you, bless you, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. And that's very, very true, right? But then, if you look at New Philadelphia, eat to one here, we are a church, correct? We are a body of believers. So most of us either, uh, you know, profess Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, or we are on that faith journey of trying to understand who is this Jesus Christ guy? Who is this Genesis 1 creator God guy? But at the, not guy, but God. Who is this Genesis 1 creator God, right? But basically, all of us here in the sanctuary, we are a church. We are a church, and we are a church that loves Christ, Jesus Christ. We believe him. We profess him as our Lord and Savior. And if you look at the Bible, a very frequent analogy that we see is Jesus Christ as the bridegroom and the church as the bride. So the church is very often called the bride of Christ, and Jesus Christ is our bridegroom. So for those of you who might be hearing this analogy for the first time, What's the logic behind it? Well, the logic behind it is that Jesus Christ, he gave up his life for the church. He sacrificed himself. He came to serve the church the way that a husband should serve a wife, the way that a groom should serve a bride. And then even when we talk about um, the church waiting for the return of Christ, 
something that many people say is that the church is almost like a betrothed bride, right? So we are promised to Jesus, but he's not here yet. We're waiting for the groom to come. So just a little bit of context that this whole bride-bridegroom analogy is very common in the Bible. So you could sort of maybe guess the parallel that I'm trying to draw here. On one hand, in Genesis 1, God tells Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. But then at the same time, this this command can be given to the church as well as a result of our oneness with Christ. Are you following me? Right? It makes a little bit of sense. Right? Let me un- like unpack it for you a little bit more. So the church is the bride. Christ is the bridegroom. And through our oneness with him, we're called to be fruitful and bring multiplication to the kingdom. Okay? So if you're a follow, if you are a Christian, you are a follower of Christ. And this means that you need to know him. Right? It's very easy to, you know, check off on, check off on a survey. Oh, I'm not Buddhist. I'm not Muslim. Oh yeah, I'm Christian. I go to church. But being a Christian does not mean going to church. Being a Christian means following Christ. And in order to follow Christ, you need to know who Christ is. Right? You need to know his heart. You need to know his story. You know, you need to know why he came on earth, what he's doing in heaven. You need to know this person who gives you the substance of your religious identity, your faith identity. And it's basically through this oneness with Christ, through knowing Christ and understanding Christ, that we as a church that we're able to be fruitful and to multiply and to expand the kingdom of God. Okay? So I want to go a little bit deeper. For here. So under point two, I don't eat Taiwan because I'll be fruitful and multiply. Remember that I talked about Adam and Eve. I talked about Christ in the church. And now I'm going to focus a little bit about relational multiplication. Okay, relational multiplication. So let's take a pause right now. So when God created the heavens and the earth and the birds and the fishies and everything, he created Adam and Eve. So after he created Adam and Eve, he could have very easily created just like a whole tribe of people. Okay, Adam, Eve. And then a tribe of people. Okay, you take over the earth and bless it. He could have done that very easily, but he didn't. And likewise, so that's like the Adam and Eve like paradigm. And even for us as a church, when God created the church, he could have just had us as a church, and he could have even for Itawan. Okay, let me make Itawan a Christian hub. But he didn't. But he didn't. And I'm going to sort of shine, like put that magnifying glass here as why this is the case. So God created Adam and Eve, and there's and he was very intentional in making sure that the multiplication came through Adam and Eve. He didn't want to just, bam, speak forth life to cover the earth, but he wanted the people, his people, to be born out of intimacy and oneness between Adam and Eve. Okay? I want you to really catch that and write it in your notes. If you don't get it now, you'll get it later. It's okay, right? But then the reason why the Lord chose to expand his kingdom and expand, I guess, his people on earth through Adam and Eve is that because he wanted it to be done through relational multiplication. Relational multiplication. Okay, so I want you to please write that down. Take note of it. And the way that he did it for Adam and Eve, we can see how that's the case for the church as well. Right? God could have very easily just made everyone Christian. I mean, he's God. He could do it. Nothing is beyond his realm. Okay, I created Adam and Eve. I created all the Christians of the world. Everyone who breathes on earth, they'll be Christian. They'll worship me. They'll glorify me, right? They'll do good things, like, to each other. They'll serve each other, right? They'll bless each other. And when they die, they'll all come with me to heaven. He could have very easily done that, but he didn't. 
He chose to use us as a tool of relational multiplication, just as he chose to use Adam and Eve as a tool of relational multiplication. Okay? So, this first half of the sermon is done, like the foundational stuff, right? The, like, doctrinal stuff, the theological, maybe hard to follow stuff, but still very good stuff. So that's sort of the foundation that I'm laying out for you right now, okay? And then, so this whole be fruitful and multiply, this whole relational multiplication stuff, what does it have to do with New Philadelphia, Itawan? And what's the, what's the practical application of this word? And why is it that this word is like burning on my heart so much? So it means that for the fruit of our intimacy with Christ, that if we are Christians, we follow Christ, and if we are intimate with the Lord, that means that we need to have multiplication and increase. Okay, we need to have multiplication and increase. So God gives us authority. God gives us authority. He, we have the boldness in him to go around saying, I own this place. I own Itaewon. You know, this, this kingdom on earth, I own it in the Lord. But at the end of the day, there's a difference between just uttering these words and having actual fruit. Okay? So I'm just going to take a moment and share a few stories because I like to share stories. And I feel like stories are fun. And Jesus himself, he liked to share stories. Right? So what is... What are some ways that we as New Philadelphia Itaewon, whether you're a long-term member or a guest, or just people who are drawn to Itaewon on a regular basis, what are some ways that we can walk out in the authority that God gives us, right? What are some ways that we can walk out to be fruitful and to multiply here in Itaewon, okay? So I'll give you a very recent example. Uh, this past Monday, I was having dinner with a few friends, and because I live in Itaewon, I said, hey, let's meet up in Itaewon. And because I usually get my way, we met up in Itaewon, okay? So, and it was wonderful. And I think one of my friends, they wanted to have Thai food. So I said, okay, if we have Thai food, let's go to this wonderful restaurant I know. It's called Amazing Thai. And the, the backstory behind this is that the owner of Amazing Thai is someone that I know because he used to work at another restaurant, and this other restaurant was one that was frequented by a lot of New Philly people for birthdays and events and such. And while I frequented the other restaurant as he was just a waiter, I'd always make it a point to greet him in Thai. So I'm the missions director. I said that in the very beginning. So And through my, my position, I've been able to go to Thailand a few times. So I know basic stuff, you know, sawadi ka, hello, you know, how are you? I say sabaydi ru ka, something like that. So whether my accent was butchered or not, I made it a point to really love on him and to really honor him. And it was cool because once this waiter started up his own restaurant, uh, he, like, I just came upon it by chance. And every time I went to this restaurant, he'd be so happy to see me. And it was, it was just really cool because there is definitely a linguistic barrier, but there was that, you know, just the genuine, like, gen- genuine love and a, int- and a concern for each other. So I say, oh, how are you doing? How is business? And then as the restaurant was first starting up, I promised to bring all of my friends. I asked him to give me all of his flyers. I could just distribute it amongst the people that I hang out with. And little by little, the relationship started to grow to the point where every time I went, I'd always just get like free appetizers and free desserts. It was really cool, you know? And, and I'm not saying that you want to be fruitful and multiply to get free appetizers and free desserts, but I'm saying that there is, like, there's so much potential for relationship in Itaewon specifically. Like, especially when it comes to a lot of foreign workers, restaurant owners, restaurant employees, they're in a completely different land, completely different city. Everything is so different. They're so used to just look, being looked down upon, 
as a waiter, you know, one of those dirty, dangerous, demeaning jobs. But then if you just make that small move, oh, Sawadika, how are you? What's your name? Oh, Tom, my name is Lisa. And every time afterwards, greeting him as Tom, you know, how are you? How's your family? Where in Thailand are you from? What is it like there? What's the food like there? Just treating them as a human, relating with them, building that relationship, it comes a long way. And then even for me, um, I'll say, you know, Sawadika, Sabadiruka, you know, hello, how are you? And I'll have a wonderful meal. I'll say, oh, everything is so delicious. This is the best Thai restaurant in the world, blah, blah, blah. You know, just really affirming the business. And then every time when I leave the restaurant, I say, which means God bless you. God bless you. Every time. So he knows what it means. And to my knowledge, he was, I think he was probably Buddhist because all around the restaurant, I'd see Buddhist idols and even, you know, like uh, portraits of the president. But I always say, they smile and they nod and, and wave me off. <laughs> but it was cool because this past Monday when I went to the Thai restaurant with my friends, uh, we were just eating dinner. And I noticed when I turned to the door, there was this like Korean Bible verse, like on the, on the door frame. On the door frame. So I don't, I have no idea what the story is behind that, that, that Bible verse. I don't know if he bought it out of his own volition. I don't know if it was a gift from somebody, but all I know is that the word of God is put up there on the door frame of his business. Like just like the Lord commanded the, like the Jewish people to do it in Deuteronomy, you know, it's like the word of God is there on the doorpost. So I said, man, that's so cool. You know, little by little, little by little, even if it's by something super organic, but, you know, greeting somebody, saying, God bless you, God's able to answer in small but significant ways. Right? So that's the amazing Thai example. And now I'm going to go to the foreign food mart example. Okay, so how many of, here, of you here are familiar with foreign food mart? Foreign food mart. Okay, so it's, it's a, oh gosh, I love this place. Like when I'm, when I'm feeling down, I just go to foreign food mart because it's, I get to be surrounded by all this wonderful food that I can't get on a daily basis in Korea. But the cool thing about Foreign Food Mart is that the owners of the store are from Bangladesh. The owners are from Bangladesh, and I've been to Bangladesh quite a few, like, once for missions, but I'm in, I almost say quite a few times. I think it's because I'm in, like, I'm in very frequent communication with our native pastor in Bangladesh. So I remember the first time I was at Foreign Food Mart, I was so like overwhelmed by the collection of amazing food. And I was waiting on the checkout line, and I heard the cashier speaking to another employee. They were both very obviously South Asian. And I know a little bit of Hindi, so I knew it wasn't Hindi. And they looked, I think for one of them, it was very obvious that they were Muslim. So by my South Asian like nerd tendency process of elimination, I was like, okay, they don't speak Hindi. I don't think it's Urdu. It's, they're not Pakistani. They're probably Bengali. But I didn't want to be presumptuous. You know, are you Bengali? No. So I said, oh, sir, like, may I ask, where are you from? He goes, oh, I'm from Dhaka. I'm from Bangladesh. Bangladesh! I love Bangladesh. Amar Nam Lisa, which means my name is Lisa. I learned that on the mission field. Amar Nam Lisa. Ami America Teke Eshichi. I'm from America. Ami Bangladeshi Balobashi. I love Bangladesh. Right? And then this, this cashier, he, he broke out in the biggest smile ever. He was, he, like, he just loved me. He goes, you speak Bengali? I said, no, 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 no. I speak only a little bit, only those three things. Where in Bangladesh did you go? I went to Dhaka, I went to Jashore. Jashore? Yes. It's a, he's like, it's so far from the capital. Oh, yeah, I know, but it's beautiful. And we were just like, like chatting it up there on the registry line at Foreign Food Mart. And it was so cool because, like, ever since then, every time I go to Foreign Food Mart, I have, like, a... <clears throat> I have a page saved on my iPhone, like Bengali phrases, and I remind myself, cause, cause they, cause they test me now. 
Because they said, oh, Lisa, Kamona-chan, how are you? And I said, oh, I'm Ibaloachi. I have to, like, remember what to say so they don't get disappointed. You know? So, like, so it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. And now whenever I go, um, like, if other people aren't watching, I'll get, like, free gum. I'll get free chocolate. You know? I'm so not even kidding. If I, if I bring along my friends, they also get free gum. They also get free chocolate. And it's just... These are like very small but significant ways to build relationship in the community. You know, so in this situation, I'm not, I'm not like commanding them to come to the altar and give up their lives for Jesus. Although I wish I could do that, but you know, it's not the time or place. But for Amazing Thai, with, with Mr. Tom at Amazing Thai, right, with the employees of Foreign Food Mart, just in small ways, I'm just reaching out to them. Just small ways, treating them like human beings, respecting them. Like honoring them, honoring their culture, honoring their language. And through that, there's small but very beautiful fruit that I'm able to, I'm able to witness with my own eyes. Right? So these are just some ways that, you know, we talked about number one, I own Itam because God gives me authority. I sort of pounded that into your head, so I'm sure you understand. God gave me authority. Check. Right? Point two, I own Itam because I'll be fruitful and multiply. I'll be fruitful and multiply out of the overflow of my intimacy with the Lord, out of the overflow of me understanding Christ's heart. I'm able to, like, you know, build up relationships with people in Itaewon. So that's two steps. Now I'm going to bring it to point number three. And if you're taking notes, you can write point number three. I own Itaewon because I will subdue. Because I will subdue. So this comes straight out of the verse in Genesis chapter 1. Because in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, the Lord tells Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Fill the earth and subdue it. Now, what does it mean to subdue the earth? So that in Hebrew, the word for this is kabash. And kabash, it literally means to tread down or to stomp down with your feet. So what the Lord tells Adam and Eve, and by extension what he tells us, is be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, and stomp down, tread down on the earth with your feet. And the way that I choose to understand this is like treading down, stomping down on the works of the enemy on the earth. Okay? So if you you could write this down on your notes as well. Second Samuel chapter 22 and in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, in these Bible references, we learn that Satan is under our feet. Okay, Satan is under our feet. So yeah, he may come to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus Christ has come so that we may have abundant life. Okay, so when Jesus tells us to be fruitful and multiply, 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 <laughs> to fill the earth and to subdue it, he's telling us to take steps of authority, right? Identify the works of Satan and wage war. So I want you to please write that down. Second Samuel chapter 22 and 1 Corinthians chapter 15. You can refer to it later. So there's a difference between point two and point three. Point two, be fruitful and multiply. Just relate to people. Spread the love of Christ. You know, treat people as humans. Get that like relational foundation going. But when it comes to point three, it's a little bit more serious, right? Tread on the works of the enemy. Tread, stomp down with your feet. And I'll give you some examples of how this is already born fruit already in Itaewon. So I gave you examples of how we can be fruitful and multiply, build relationships. But there's already examples of how God has used this church community and how God has used our prayers to really stomp down on the works of Satan in Itaewon. 
Okay. So for those of you who frequent Itaewon, on the main intersection, how many of you know where Homestead Coffee is? Homestead Coffee. Very good. Okay. Who, how many of you are familiar with JR Southern Barbecue? Oh, yes. Very delicious. Okay. So for those of you who are more new to this area, you might not know that Homestead Coffee and JR Southern Barbecue, they used to be bars that served as cover-ups for brothels right there on the main strip of Itaewon. Right on the main strip of Itaewon. And also there's another, there, if you go up the hill towards Foreign Food Mart, if you're familiar with that area, right before you make a left turn towards the mosque, there used to be a very, very big bar slash brothel there. But I think a few months ago, it was torn down and it became a cafe. Right? So little by little, God is working like in very significant ways to bring transformation to Itaewon. And I want you to give you a little bit of context to this as well. So like I said, I was a part of the Itaewon church plant team. Starting in 2010, we'd go out on a regular basis, like we'd pray, we'd evangelize, we'd build up relationship. And in the very beginning stages of our church, we used to have, um, well, we still have, but we have a Sunday prayer meeting called Sunday Swim. And what happened one day was that I think Pastor Marcus, he had, he was just sharing something that had come up during a small group meeting that he was leading. And during that small group meeting back in 2010, one of the small group members said, man, wouldn't it be great if Itaewon were to become a really trendy area? Like right now, it's known as really seedy, very dangerous. Like, But people never come here on dates. You never see families in Itaewon. Like, wouldn't it be great if we could pray and pray for Itaewon to be transformed? Right? Pray for it to become trendier. Right? Pray for uh, couples to come here on dates. Pray for families to come here, like, on their weekends. So that's what Pastor Marcus, Marcus shared the next day at Sunday Swim, and we started praying into it, praying into it quite regularly. And it was quite amazing, because as we were faithful to pray into that point, little by little we were able to see transformation all across Itaewon. Right, Homestead Coffee being torn, uh, not Homestead Coffee being torn down, the undercover brothel being por- torn down, being replaced with the cafe. Right, another undercover, undercover brothel being torn down, being replaced with the restaurant. So here, we see an example of not just like relational, spreading love, getting free chocolate, getting free gum, but then God literally uprooting the kingdom of darkness and replacing it like with kingdom of light, a place for couples to meet up, a place for families to get like baby back ribs, you know, so much more exalting, so much for, so much more glorifying, right? So these are just some examples. I'll give you a few more examples. Back in the day, there used to be a ministry called uh, 1038 Outreach. It was done through a new Philadelphia church. And it was, it was basically like an evangelism outreach program. And it was named after Acts uh, chapter 10, verse 38. And in this passage, Jesus, he like goes around doing good, healing all who are under the power of the devil. And like this ministry was walking out in that spirit. So what would happen was I think like once a month, a lot of the members and leaders of this church, we'd all gather together in Itaewon. Sometimes we'd gather here. And then we like sing a few praise songs and we divide up into groups. And then we just go out into the streets of Itaewon Friday night to evangelize, you know, to share the love of Christ and just be a source of blessing to this part of the city. And we used to do that month after month. And the cool thing was there are a lot of really amazing testimonies that come up out of that time. I remember, I think there was this one particular testimony of this brother at the Hillside campus during the 1038 outreach, she was able to connect with a Saudi Arabian man, Muslim man, very, very Muslim, Saudi Arabian man, I think at the Itaewon Dunkin' Donuts. 
And the Lord just opened up the door for them to converse, to get to know each other. And this brother was able to pray for the Saudi Arabian man. I think he had uneven legs. So as a result of his uneven legs, he had severe back pain. Okay, So this brother from the Hillside campus, he prayed for the Saudi Arabian man, who's not even a believer. And the man ended up feeling heat in his back. And his leg grew out. And he no longer had back pain. Right? This man who doesn't even know Jesus was able to encounter the healing touch of the Lord through this outreach ministry. I remember hearing another story, actually many stories, of just in the midst of conversation on the street. Uh, we'd say, oh, hey, like, do you speak English? Oh, I speak English too. My name is Lisa. I'm from New York. Where are you from? And, you know, just, you know, the surface of a conversation. And then all of a sudden, somebody will feel, oh, I feel like I should pray blessings for them regarding their mom. Something about moms. I think God is highlighting moms. So we'd bring up in conversation, hey, is there... Feel free to say no, but is there, do, would it be okay if I could just pray a prayer of blessing for you? I feel the need to just pray blessing over you and your mom in particular. Is there anything I can pray for your mom about? And they just start crying because it turns out that their mom had been struggling with a long-term, like pretty terminal illness or things like that. Very amazing, not coincidences, but amazing moves of God, testimonies all across Itaewon, you know? And I remember another story of how, like, there was, an outreach group that went to What the Book, which is an expat, like, English-only, like, bookstore. And they prayed for somebody, like, one of the newer members of the church. They were still quite new to this outreach. And this new member of New Philly, they ended up receiving the gift of tongues in the bookstore, at What the Book bookstore, you know? So, like, so the reason why I'm sharing all these stories with you is that as we're, you know, we're called New Philadelphia, Itaewon, and we take the bus here, we take the bus back, we see these businesses, but these businesses and the people who work at these businesses, you know, they're not just, they're not just background images. They're actual people. They have actual testimonies. And a good number of them have actually been impacted by the prayers of this house, by the prayers of this ministry. Okay? So I want to share just one last story. One very, very last story. And, um, this is a story that's actually quite uh, dear to my heart. So, uh, recently I was having dinner with some friends in Itaewon, as always. And then, uh, and my friends, we all have a heart for Muslim ministry. We have a heart for Muslim outreach. And we've just been praying to God to, to open up doors uh, for Muslim ministry. And we were eating at an Indian restaurant, which is pretty close by the mosque here in Itaewon. And the coolest story about this Indian restaurant was that um, the, the, it's being run by like the second owner. But the first owner is somebody that people from our church have been really sowing into, building relationship with. So once the first owner had to go back to India... He had a big, like, farewell party. He invited a lot of, um, a, a small handful of those New Philly people. And at the end of the farewell party, this Muslim Indian man, he actually asked for prayers of blessing from our church members. I just want to receive your prayer of blessing as I go for this next stage of my life. And they were able to pray for him. Right? So this man, the first owner is in India. Now we have the second owner. The second owner is a Pakistani Muslim man who's originally from India. So because he's originally from India, he speaks some Hindi. I speak a little bit of Hindi. We were able to, like, build that relationship. And it's been really cool. So even with my uh, community group, we were able to go to this Indian restaurant and just love on the man, really honor him, honor his business, compliment the food. And we went for uh, Sister Janine's birthday. And I, rem- and I remember we made it a point. We had, like, a delicious Australian, like, pavlova cake. And we made it a point to cut out a slice of the cake and give the first slice to the owner. And he was so blessed, right? And we gave another slice to the chef behind who, who, whose face we never see, but we gave the first two slices to the owner and to the chef 
And they were so blessed. They were so honored. And this owner, he ended up, like, I guess he gave Janine, like, this very beautiful, like, mosaic Indian pen or something just to show his gratitude. And it was a really great day. And I've, I've been consistently going to this restaurant with my friends. And I remember recently, um, my friends and I, we were able to buy a Hindi Christian CD and just give it to him as a gift. You know, just let's listen to it. We know that it'll bless you. He goes, oh, thank you, thank you. Receive the gift. And, um, I don't know, it was just, it was a really, really wonderful night. And after that, we decided, hey, why don't we just take a walk around this area? Let's take a walk around this mosque area. And um, we ended up um, walking around the mosque. And this is not something that I would suggest to everybody. But uh, that night, we felt the grace just to go upstairs, up the parking lot and into the actual, like, mosque area. So the way that the mosque works in Itaewon is that you go up this driveway, there's a big parking area, and then there's a mosque. So we didn't go into the actual mosque, but we just went upstairs to look at the parking area. Like, what is this mosque about? You know, because I feel like as Christians, um, we believe in the blood of Christ. We believe that God gives us authority. But when it comes to, like, oh, mosques, oh, Muslims, like, oh, scary. No, no, no. Right? You have to proceed with wisdom. You have to proceed with wisdom, but then it's not that scary. So we went, and we were just looking at the building, and all of a sudden, we heard these two, like, African men talking to the side. And one of the men proceeded to go up to maybe try to get into the mosque and pray. The other man stayed downstairs. So you approached this man, because if you look at the mosque, there's, like, this big sign in Arabic. And we didn't, we wanted to know what it meant in Arabic. So you go, brother, excuse me, could we ask, do you know what this sign says? And he goes, oh, I don't know. Like, I don't, um, I don't speak Arabic. And we introduced ourselves, and we said, brother, where are you from? It turns out that he was from Nigeria, but he was working in Japan. So he had just come out to Korea for a weekend. He said, oh, brother, what's your name? Oh, my name is Johnson. So, oh, Johnson. So in my head, I said, oh, that's a pretty Christian name, Johnson. And it turns out that he actually was a Christian. He would just accompany his uh, Muslim brother because his Muslim like friend wanted to go pray at the mosque. But Johnson himself was just staying downstairs. We ended up uh, striking a conversation with him. And we learned that he had been serving at a church in Japan, an international ministry in Japan. And we go, oh, wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. And we said, Johnson, uh, do you mind if we pray for you? Pray for your blessing. Uh, pray blessings over this ministry before you go back to Japan. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we ended up praying for our brother Johnson. And it was so easy to pray for him. It was so easy to pray for him. And his heart was getting so moved. And then at the end of it, he was so visibly refreshed. He was so visibly refreshed. And then I said, oh, Brother Johnson, what are you doing on Friday? Our church has a Friday prayer meeting. You should come out to our prayer meeting. And he goes, oh, no, like, I can't go to the prayer meeting, but thank you so much for your invitation. And he goes, actually, one moment. So he takes out his wallet, he, and then he removes a 50,001 bill. He goes, you know, I can't go to the prayer meeting, but can you please give this offering to your ministry? I've been so blessed by your ministry. This random man, right, this random man that we – he. He has no reason to really trust us, aside from the fact that maybe he senses Holy Spirit in us, you know. But this random man, he was blessed to the point where he gave us an offering for New Philly, just as a result of a simple blessing prayer, right? And then after that, I think a few days later, we were in that area again. I was looking for some airline tickets. This is the last part of the story. And this like, travel agency was highlighted to me. So, oh, like, maybe I should go check out that Muslim travel agency to see if they can get me some cheap tickets to a Muslim area that I need to visit soon. So I went in with my friends, and it turns out that the owners are from Bangladesh. So I used my Bengali, oh, Amar Nam Lisa, whatever, whatever. And they go, oh, yay, 
How wonderful. And then we were just talking, and they invited my friends down to have some tea, and I was trying to figure out my ticketing situation. The ticketing situation didn't work out that well, but at the end of the day, we all just sat down, we had tea, but we ended up just staying at that travel agency for like a good an hour, hour and a half, just chatting with the travel agency owner. And this travel agency is sort of like a community center. So all these people come in and out. Hey, what's up? How are you doing? How are the ticket prices? What's the vegetable prices like? And I felt like I was like at the Muslim community center of Itaewon. It was pretty amazing, right? So, you know, I, I, I'm a good, I love telling stories. I could tell stories forever. But in conclusion, the reason why I'm sharing some of these stories is to really like, like personify Itaewon to you, right? Personify Itaewon to you. It's, there's a reason why we're called New Philadelphia Itaewon. Not New Philadelphia, Gangnam, right? We're not New Philadelphia, Hongdae. We're not New Philadelphia, Samgakji. We're New Philadelphia, Itaewon, right? So if we're called New Philadelphia, Itaewon, we need to have an understanding of what Itaewon is. Like, what is this area? Who lives in this area? What are their stories? God, how can you use me to bless them and to reach them and to love on them, right? So this is a very simple message at the end of the day. What I said at the very beginning of the message, you have authority. Right, you own this place. I'm exhorting you to own this place. You have authority because God has given you authority. God has blessed you. He has made you in His image. He has blessed you, and God has given you the mandate to be fruitful and to multiply, release blessing all across Itaewon. But not only just to be fruitful and to multiply, but to subdue the works of the enemy. Right, actively be used by the Lord to uproot strongholds of Satan. Right, and just replace it with the kingdom of light. We could see that in examples of the cafe, uh, examples of JR restaurant. But even in terms of right in front of the mosque, the biggest mosque in Korea, we were able to pray for a man. He was moved to such emotion that he gave offering to our church. In front of the mosque, right? And in front of this like Muslim community center, us Christians who carry the light of Christ, we were able to just sit there, love on them, drink tea, become f- friends with each other on Facebook. You know, these are the seeds of something very important, very significant. You know, so I want to really exhort you in that time. So actually, right now, why don't we all just close our eyes for a moment. Close your eyes. And, you know, I spent some time, uh, you know, giving you a little bit of foundation, sharing uh, quite a few stories. But the fruit that I want to come out of this message, the fruit that I want to come out of this message is for God to give you your own personal revelation, your own personal understanding of your role here in Itaewon. Okay, what is your role here in Itaewon? Okay. How does God want to use you for Itaewon? I want you to ask that question to the Lord right now. God, you have brought me here to New Philly Itaewon. How do you want to use me here? How do you want to use me here? So everyone just close your eyes and wait upon the Lord just for a moment. Converse with the Lord right now. Lord, how do you want to use me? Why did you bring me here to Itaewon? Why do you bring me here to Itaewon? Lord, give me your heart for this area. Give me your heart for Itaewon. I want you to just stay in a moment. Allow God to speak to you. Maybe he'll, you know, highlight some groups of people, right? What are some populations that you have a heart for? Do you have a heart for people, you know, military, military families? Do you have a heart for those who come from a Muslim background? Even within Itaewon, I didn't mention this in my message, but there's a very uh, big uh, homosexual and transgender community. Do you have a heart to reach that community? You know, something else I didn't mention in my message is that there's a very there's a rampant issue of prostitution. 
right? Do you have a heart to really rescue those who are entrapped by the um, by sexual slavery, basically? You know. So I want you to really wait on the Lord for a moment. Ask God, in what way do you want to use me in Itaewon? Lord, I'm so blessed to come out here to church every Sunday to sing the worship songs and to get a message, to have fellowship and to go home. But Lord, beyond that, how do you want to use me in Itaewon? Right? Just spend some time listening to the Lord right now. <laughs>